0: and we're live. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Everyone just introduced themselves. I'm not going to make them do it again for you guys, but everybody say something or make some noise. Good. Thank you. As as you can, as you, thank you. As you can, I wasn't in question until just now. Uh, As you can tell, we have people live here. So if you're watching and you're like, you know, I feel like it's, Time for me to come back. Please do. Uh, But if you're like, I'm not ready yet, hey, that's why we have the live stream. So I welcome you. Uh, We are in the final week of this series, which is called The Return, appropriately titled as we are facing a return ourselves into society. Um, Things are more and more opened. Church, youth, school, all of this stuff is more and more opened. Uh, You're starting to have more school events and things and different games. And there's going to be people in the stands at baseball games, although probably not Cincinnati because they don't really have that many fans live. But still, all this different, just joking, all these different things are happening. Uh, And in this series, in this series, we have talked about uh, the return of Jesus. And so when he died on the cross, the people that were there truly felt that loss. Now, I've said this a lot and I'll continue to say this probably when I talk about this, but this is a story that we've heard often. It's a story that people talk about a lot. It's a story that people read about a lot. It's a story that we've seen uh, in, in movies, in cartoons, in different things. Uh, and so because of that, it's so well known that we just kind of forget all of the pieces other than Jesus died and then was resurrected three days later. But the disciples felt that. Like, they felt that loss. Jesus felt The anger and hatred that people showed him, like he didn't feel that himself, but people were throwing anger and hatred at him, and he felt the pain from that, uh, just as he felt the pain from the nails, and just as he felt the pain from suffocating. And so when he came back, the disciples were confused and scared and worried and not sure what was going to happen, because... Uh, they believed in Jesus and they believed in what he'd said, but they just you know they 're just people they 're just kids in some cases. and so he comes back and he meets with them and, and Thomas was doubting and, and Peter was like, "Why do you keep asking me uh, this question it 's like to make up for it, Peter to show you 're forgiven Thomas, you know you have to have faith, and all of these things that he did was leading up to him going away again uh, this time until the very end of time, but just going away again to give them the church, to give them the ability, the call to start a church, which then goes to us, to, to be that way to people, to treat people that way. And so in this week, I want to go to Acts 1, uh, 1 through 11. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus uh, began to do and teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen disciples, chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he uh, proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, "'Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit.'" Uh, so the Holy Spirit is one of those terms that we hear a lot but don't necessarily always understand. Uh, Tim and Julie have talked about it a lot. Uh, it's, it's in Scripture. Like we, we understand that, that God is the Trinity, that God is the Father, Son, and Spirit. But it is often called the forgotten aspect of God because people just kind of move right past it. And so when Jesus says this, uh, if some of you are like, what does he mean by the Holy Spirit? I kind of get this, but I'm kind of confused. Well, the disciples were like, okay, so... He's told us about this, but what does this actually mean? But he's telling them. He's sharing with them. So basically, just to run through the entirety of human history and tell you God's plan and how it worked, uh, there was creation. And so God created everything. He didn't have to. He was complete. He was full of love. He was perfect. He is perfect. And yet... He created us so that we would have the world, so that we would have a chance to choose him, so that we would have a chance to treat each other well, so that we would have a chance to to truly have life. Uh, And, you know, he could have been like, hey, you're going to follow me. This is the creation. But he didn't. He created us with the ability to have free will, the ability to choose. And he was very direct. If you look through the Old Testament, God is very direct in things. Uh, He literally talked to Moses. He literally talked to Adam and Eve. He literally would appear to people and talk to them and, and tell them what to do and tell them how to act. Uh, this morning, Julie talked about the fiery furnace and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so God was a parent in that story. He was very upfront and, and everywhere. He would lead Israel because that's what people needed at the time. And this was his plan. This wasn't like, I'm going to change it along the course of time. He's like, okay, when you have a baby, that baby needs a lot of help. Like that baby needs to understand life. Like you can't just put a baby in a room and be like, okay, you know, after you use the bathroom, flush and do all this stuff, like the baby isn't going to do anything. It's going to lay there. Like it's not going to be, the babies aren't that fun. Like when they're really little. And so The parents have a really active, direct role, lifting her and carrying her and doing all this, teaching them. And then as they get a little older, you know, you pull back a little bit. Uh, You start that relationship where they understand parent relationships, family relationships. They start to understand love. They start to understand that they can make choices, but that there are consequences. Well, that's where God sent Jesus. Like that was that part because humanity was led through this time where God was there and God... It was like, okay, well, there's a definite heaven and there's a definite hell. There's a definite command. Like, we have to follow these commandments. And then Jesus came to be like, okay, guys, it's not just about the rules. It's not about what you don't do. It's about what you do. Uh, I talked one week at some point. I've talked a lot lately. But about the gold rule and how it started out negative. Uh, the people that said it before Jesus were like, don't do to people what you wouldn't want them to do to you. But Jesus is like, guys, guys, guys. That is... You know what a baby would do. Like that's the old school stuff. That's just not being mean to people. But I'm saying you have to go further. You have to love. You have to to be better. And so people hated him because of that, because he was very active in teaching them. And so he's teaching them. And then now we're to the the third aspect of the plan, where Jesus goes. Because while Jesus was on Earth, he was obviously the center of everything. The disciples surrounded him and followed him, and he was the church. But if Jesus had just been like, you know what, I'm going to start churches and I'm going to stay here. Well. We'd all want to go to the same church Jesus was physically in, right? Like people would be like, well, this is the church. This is the only way to do it. Uh, Jesus started a church. So clearly people can't like has to be a Jesus thing. Now, Jesus called people to start churches and he gave people the instruction. He gave people the know how, the ability. But he wanted the disciples to do it because they're like us. Because he's saying, hey, guys, I love you so much. That I'm giving you this instruction, I'm giving you this time, and I'm giving you my life, so that now you can go, but, even though I'm not going to be right there physically with you, you're not alone, you're still, God's still here, like, this is still a part of the plan, and so that's what he's talking about, the Holy Spirit, and he's like, you see, you've come along, you were babies, and you didn't know, and so you had all these rules and laws, and like, hey, don't touch that, it's hot. And then you're like, OK, well, I can choose and I have to love people. But but Jesus will show me how like I can literally see him. My parents will literally show me how to walk or how to talk or how to ride a bicycle or all these different things. And now it's on you guys to be the, the, the leaders of the church, to be the starters of the church. It's on you guys to go out there and, and do this. But you're not alone. The Holy Spirit connects you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit inspires you. The Holy Spirit is with you at all times. And it's such a confusing thing, but it's such an awesome, wonderful thing because it shows that God had this plan all along. Now, the reason I say all of that now is because this is the back part of Back to the Future, which we're talking about this week. This is looking back at how we started, looking back at what Jesus is talking about, looking back at the things we faced, looking back at life before a pandemic, looking back at life before you were a senior, before you were a junior, before you were, insert grade here, uh, before you were a senior plus, before you were whatever, like insert whatever, looking back, not dwelling on it, but looking back at how things were. Uh, One of the things I've talked about a few times as this goes to a close at whatever point it closes, the pandemic uh, and COVID and all this stuff. People are going to want everything to be exactly like it was. They're going to want everything to open right away. They're going to want all masks to go away. They're going to want people to stop worrying. They're going to want people to stop concerning themselves with things. They're going to want everybody to hug. They're going to want everybody to do this. And there's no problem with wanting that. The problem comes when people are like, well, we want everything to be exactly the same. We have this chance. As we restart things to do better than we were before. You see, the disciples, when Jesus said start the church, he didn't say, "Okay, guys, so you've seen how the Pharisees have run things where they're kind of egotistical and they're pushing people and they're mean and they treat people like garbage. Uh, I want you guys to go and do that exactly. No, he didn't say that. He's like, hey, go do this in love. And he taught them. He loved them. He showed them. Uh, I've said this a lot, and I'll say this a lot in my life. He literally washed Judas' feet, even though he knew Judas was had already betrayed him. Like that's love. That's true love. That's forgiveness. That's grace. And so he sent the disciples to start this church. Now, I don't know what your uh, last year has been like. I'm sure that for some of you it's been awful because you're very outgoing and you want people around, and it, it hurts almost like it's almost like a depression or anxiety. Uh, that you feel that you've never felt before, because it's like, I, I don't have anything to do, I don't have anything, and, and that sucks, that's awful. Some of you, as I've said before, may be like, you know, I kind of like this, or I got used to things, or, or whatever. And, and whatever you are, whether you're in between or on that scale, when we come back, there are things that we can learn there are things that we can understand. You're never not going to know that school can be done in like three hours in a day. Now, I don't anticipate the schools to suddenly only run for three hours in a day, but hey, that's something you don't have. Um, And so you know how to do these things. But more than that, even though a lot of people have failed at this in the last year, and a lot of them have unfortunately been Christians in the world, we've heard a lot about, you know, treat people better. You know, be understanding. People are going through a hard time. Understand what they're facing. Understand what they're dealing with. Understand that their life can be difficult. Well, hopefully we take that with us. Now, I hope everything's open and I hope things are are good again and all that. but, But I'm talking about the personal level. And so Jesus is saying this to the disciples. He's like, hey, you know how a church works. I want you to do better. You've seen how I do things. Take that and then do it in a church setting, do that with people. That's the church. It doesn't matter what the building looks like. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. It matters how you treat people. And so he starts with that. And so there were 40 days between when he came back and when he ascends, which we're about to talk about. In those 40 days, I don't know if anybody here has ever been left at home alone for a weekend. Like your parents go away and they're like, hey, no parties. Hey, uh, here are all the emergency numbers. Now I would imagine that they go over that all week, like they know it's coming up. And so let's say, uh, let's say, Rob's parents when he's a kid, they're like, hey, no parties. And uh, the, the rotary dial, like the, the thing, don't call the operator and ask for questions. And only a few people get that. Uh, you know, hey, make sure the horses are well fed and that the carriage and all this. I'm just joking. No, but they're like, hey, here's, here are the emergency numbers. If something happens, I want you to call these numbers. I want you to call me. I want you to know this. Here's the fire extinguisher. Here's where the food is. Then they go over all this stuff all week. And then like five minutes before they go, they're running you through the house going over all this stuff. It's not that they don't trust you or that they think you've forgotten. It's just that it's so important to them that you succeed, that they're like, hey, listen. And so in those 40 days, It was probably a lot of what he'd talked about before because he talked about love and he showed that. But it was very deep and like, guys, you're going to be okay. Guys, it's going to be okay. Guys, this is the future of the church. This is the future of what it is. And so he starts that with the Holy Spirit. And what's really cool, if you read this uh, in in the Bible, Acts, Luke wrote it, who also wrote Luke, the gospel, not our Luke, but well, maybe I guess there's never seen him in the same room. Um, But so he wrote this. Like an Old Testament history. So, like, he wrote it in the same style as the Greek translation of the Old Testament at the time, uh, because this is the history of the church. This is the back. This is what we look to. This is how we treat. This is how we live. This is how we go forward. And so, Luke had, uh, he was an apostle of Paul. Like, he followed Paul around. He listened to him. And, and he was a doctor. He knew all this stuff, but he's talking to people about Jesus and how to treat them. Going to the next part. Uh, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Uh, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I want to start with two things here in this passage. So before these are the last things Jesus is saying before he ascends and goes up to heaven. And... The disciples, uh, when he was being arrested, Peter was like, hey, let's fight. Let's, let's end this. Come on, this is the kingdom. And now, even though he said, this is how it's going to go, I'm going to die and come back and explained it and explained it and explained it. Here they are kind of asking the same thing again. And that's not saying the disciples are dumb. That's saying that all of us think this way. We all think with uh, the, the most direct path to what we want. We all, when we're driving, we want to get to where we're going and that's it. We all, when we're driving, uh, doing schoolwork like we want to get through the schoolwork and then we want to get to the test and we want to be done with that class we don't want to have a test at the end that covers the other chapters that were on other tests we don't want that that sucks and so they're asking hey you know is this the time like is this when everything's going to be perfect and he's like guys you know this isn't for you to know he doesn't say you're so stupid for asking he doesn't say you've asked it a hundred times this shows that you're going to have questions when we restart things as we go forward, uh, when, when you live life again the way that you lived it before or however you want to live it now, you're going to have questions. You're going to be like, is this okay? Like, is this how I, it works? Is this what is supposed to happen? And it's going to be confusing. It's going to be tough. Some of you guys, most of you guys, I think, have already picked the college you're going to, uh, that are going to college right now. Some of you are juniors and looking at it now and et cetera. When you look at colleges... You look at all these different things, but even after you choose, even no matter how good you feel about it, you will probably at some point look back and like, did I make the right choice? No, I would tell you yes, because you made that choice and you based it on things, but that's still something as people we question. We question if this is the right way. We question if we're doing things right. We question our effect, all of these things. I question my impact all of the time. Uh, In the era of masks, and I found this out preaching on Sundays and here, it's very hard to tell if people are even with me on things uh, because it's, you know, I can barely see faces and all of these things. And it's really different and it's confusing. So I always, and I'm not going to pretend that I didn't question my impact before that, but I do, I question my impact. I question if I'm okay. I question if I'm doing the right thing. I question if I say the right things, I question, uh, whatever. And we do that. And so Jesus says, guys, it's okay to have questions, but just keep going forward. Keep learning from the past. Don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on the mistakes you've made learn from them. Don't dwell on the bad choices you've made. Learn from them. Don't dwell on the the struggles you've had. Learn from them. Now that doesn't mean that as soon as something bad happens that you have to move on. You, You heal and you grow. Everybody does that at their own rate. But then he says, and you'll be my witnesses. He doesn't say this is a command. You'll be my witnesses. He says it as a fact. He's just like, you're going to be my witnesses. And so the way that I take that and the way I believe Luke is writing it, what he's saying is deeper than just, hey guys, go start the church. He's like, How this church works, how this whole church thing works, it's dependent on you guys. Now, God's church is always going to exist. God will always have other people to step in. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is how people see the church. That was dependent on how the disciples treated them, on how they taught, on how they lived, on how they loved, on who they were. And so he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. He's saying, people are going to see me through you. People are only now going to know me through your words, through your actions, through the way you treat other people. And that's a big thing. And he's not saying it as a commandment. He's saying it as a fact because it's true. Because once Jesus goes up to heaven, he's not walking around teaching people anymore. Now, his presence is known and the spirit is there. But it's the disciples. It's Peter who goes up and talks to somebody and preaches. And like, wow, I felt the spirit. He knew Jesus. But Peter has to tell them about that. And you go to Paul and then you go to Timothy and then you go to us. How people view the church is based on how Christians act. I've said this a lot, but over the last year, I feel like Christians, not all of us, but a lot, unfortunately, on social media and in the news, have made a poor showing. Uh, Not even getting political, but just in the way that they've lacked the love to other people or the forgiveness to other people at times. And they've worried more about being right than living right. Like, that's tough. And it's just been more apparent in the last year because we've seen more. I get that. That's how people see the church. One of the things you'll hear a lot is, well, it's not fair. Like I knew this pastor who did so much and he was in his 70s and he loved and he started a church and he did these amazing things. And he he just loved everybody and treated everybody with respect and generosity and did all these things. How come that's not on the news? Honestly, because it doesn't get very good ratings because nobody wants to see that. People want to see the pastor that takes money from his congregation and buys a plane. They want to see the pastor that does awful things. They want to see that because that's what we see the news as. And so what I'm saying is we are his witnesses, but we have kind of an uphill battle. Because most people in the world see church people, see Christian people as judgmental and hateful. And that sucks because not all of us are. I would like to believe that it's only a minority, but it's there. It's there. Uh, we just talked earlier where Braden said something and Nate said it louder and that's what we heard. That's how life works. It's whoever says it the loudest, that's the voice we hear sometimes. That's not the right way and it's not something that you have to do. But it's understanding that when Jesus says you're going to be my witnesses, he's saying that to all Christians. He's like, guys, this is how people are going to see it. And so that makes it more important that we treat people better. That we are better in, in the way that we love, in the way that we act. That we learn from our past that we learn from other people's past, that we love, that we learn from this pandemic, that we learn from everything that we faced. And we come back and we're like more understanding of how people face things. Uh, one of the things I found, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, i if you don't know me, most of you do, I struggle with depression and anxiety. It's something that I feel, uh, especially around adults, but around everybody to an extent, uh, where I just, I don't feel enough. Like I don't feel worth it. And somebody could come up to me and say, you are, you're worth it. I love you. Dean and Sam from Supernatural have literally said that to me, and it still doesn't stick. That's a weird, humble brag, but still. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's something that I struggle with and work on. And, and so I found that during the beginning, there were a lot of people who never understood what that felt like, were starting to feel it because they were lost. They weren't able to go to work. They weren't able to hang out with friends. They weren't able to go to school. Oh, some of you guys probably liked that, but you weren't able to do whatever, And so they started to feel these same feelings. And so I got a lot of people saying, wow, is this what you feel like? I was like, yeah. So take that. Like, whatever you felt during this, remember that other people have stories, too. They have feelings, too. And so learn from that. Uh, When Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses, he's like, hey, I don't mean in starting the churches. I don't mean in preaching. I mean in just how you treat people. And how you love people, when we talk about the return and we talk about each week in this series, we talk about the fact that we don't have to be like we always were. Just because you've made the same mistake over and over and over again doesn't mean you have to keep making that mistake. God will erase that for you. Now, other people will always remind you of that, but you can learn from that. And if somebody else is doing the same thing, don't remind them. Treat other people like you'd want to be treated. Uh, Last part of the scripture. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So, Jesus could have left any way that he wanted. He could have snapped his fingers and just disappeared. Uh, He could have like made a a rainbow appear and just like, boom, he's gone. He could have sent them somewhere else and whatever. He could have done any possible thing because he had all this power. The reason he did this so visibly was to show them that he's actually going. Because over the last 40 days, he, if you remember from a couple of the stories we've read, he entered rooms without opening doors and like he just kind of appeared places. And so had he just disappeared, they're like, he's going to come back tomorrow. Now, that's good. And they're like, hey, Jesus is coming back. But it's bad in that if you think, well, Jesus is going to be back, so we'll just wait till he's here, and then we'll start this church. Or Jesus is going to be back, so we'll just wait till he's here to treat people. Uh, Some of you guys have probably made pretty big messes at home, going back to when you're home alone for the weekend. Uh, You broke the cookie jar, you broke the TV, whatever else. I don't know. My understanding of being left home alone is entirely from sitcoms, so we'll go from that. My understanding of life in general sometimes is from sitcoms. So maybe you've messed up something, or maybe they're not even gone. They're just gone for the day, and you've broken something. And so you're like, "Ah, I'm going to clean this up just as soon as they get back. I'm going to fix this just as soon as they get back, like right before, so I know. Well, they might come back at any time you don't know. And so this is what Jesus is doing. He's like, guys, this is on you right now. Go be my witnesses. Don't wait for me to come back. Don't wait until you think you see the signs. Don't wait until you think that it's the right time. Go be like me now. And again, he's not saying just start churches, because I'm not telling everybody here to go out and start your own church. Be kind of weird. I'm saying everybody here, go out and be a witness. Some of you are very comfortable talking about your faith. They're talking about your life. Some of you aren't. There's no wrong way to witness. Well, I guess if you live the wrong way, you know what I'm saying. If you follow, you're following Jesus and your heart is with him, there's no wrong way to share that. There are a lot of people who have done a lot of, of impactful good work in the history of Christianity through writing, through singing, through writing songs, through instrument play, through uh, teaching a class, through talking, through cleaning a church, through running sound, through sitting in a room. Because they show that love at all times, it doesn't matter that they didn't preach. It doesn't matter that they didn't testify. there are a lot of people who are really good at speaking and really good at praying for people and really good at being there and helping. Each of us has a different, quote unquote, thing we're good at. We have a different comfort level. We have a different way to do things. And so God has a plan for each of us. Each of the disciples was very different, too. John was more of a writer and a thinker. Peter was out in front like a, a speaker and a leader. All of the disciples could lead. All of them could do this. All of them loved. Again, as we go forward, the words you'll hear over and over again are just like before. Back to normal. Just like it was. It doesn't have to be. The church is important, and it's good, and there are a lot of millions of good people bringing the church out to the people, doing good work. But there's still a lot more we can do. And you guys, your generation, can really step up. You can really do things differently. You can really do things like the disciples. And just like the disciples were different than the Pharisees, sometimes you're going to be different than the adults doesn't mean don't listen to them. It doesn't mean go against them just to go against them. But if you're following Jesus and you're truly looking at him saying, God, I, I want your will for my life. I feel the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do it. He's with you. But what it comes down to is not how many churches you start. It's not how many times you testify. Uh, it's not how many times you pray for people. All of those things are good. It's how you treat people individually. It's how you talk about people. It's how you love people and I think there's a feeling among a lot of people, especially your guys' age, it's like, well, when I'm an adult, I'll do this. One of the things you hear a lot, when I'm in college, I'll do this, I'll change this, I'll, I'll do this, I'll go back to church, I'll be more of a witness, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you know what? College is different when I get out of college. And then it's like, oh, when I get married, you know, I'll, I'll do better. Well, and then it's like, when I have my first kid, I'll do better. And then it's like, well, when my kid gets to high school, I, when I get, it keeps going and going and going. You are worth it. You are enough right now. Your education level, your, your, your faith, like that's good. Keep working on it. But you as a person are enough. So when Jesus says, be my witnesses, be his witnesses. Just treat people with respect, with love. If you're ever confused or curious or questioning how to act in a situation, look back at anything in the Bible, but specifically Matthew through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels. Look at how Jesus acted. Look at how he lived. Look at what he said. And follow that. Because over and over and over again, he said, love God, love others. Follow God. Respect others. Be kind. Be good. This series, again, has been about the return. The return of Jesus. The return of the new church. Well, as we return, learn from where you've been. And grow and be better and treat people better. And just do good. That's all I got.